and welcome to episode 1203 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, August 4th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, Friday. Um, I, I fell out of fourth place for the first time in a while, but fourth place isn't that special, so I can get it back. But yeah, I'm, I'm in a good spot right now. How you doing? I'm uh, doing good. You know, you and I were talking. I moved up into second place in my main, and I think I've got enough juice to carry it to the end, especially because the uh, team in front of me, who's a really good team, Matt Modica and uh, Jason Anthony. Um, Love they, them. They are a fantastic team, but they don't have much fab left. I think they got 25 bucks Dang. for the rest of the season. Um, and, uh, and you know, my team's on the uh, on the upswing. My, my auction team taking a little step back, but I got first place back, and so hopefully uh, Brian Jenner doesn't, doesn't catch me again and, you got some tough competitors there yeah. with those two leagues, though. So it's going to be a hell of a two months. We are in that in, in those dog days here right now. Couldn't agree more with the sign today. It says football sucks because football creep is happening, mm-hmm. folks. And of course, both of us play fantasy football. You were writing about fantasy football up until I think like what last year? Are you, are you, uh, are you the pandemic. The pan- pandemic uh, is the when pandemic you hit. I didn't think they'd get a football season in during yes <laughs> pandemic, and so I was like. Why am I going to do all this work? And then I just, I, every year I say, oh, this is the year I'm going to start doing fantasy football analysis again. And every year I go, I don't want to. Like, nah. I, I don't want to. Nah. Baseball's I, become just, year round for us. That's the thing. It, it, it has, um, you know, and football's had that for a while. Now baseball kind of has that year round effect. And again, we, we are tongue in cheek. We play fantasy football. We both watch it. We both have favorite teams. But wait your turn and i know i say that as somebody who does baseball drafts in november i'm a complete hypocrite i'm full of shit i'm I'm doing my first baseball draft yeah you're doing a baseball draft right now now. we will not stop you know in december we'll be talking baseball so again i'm full of crap on this i just want base football to shove off a little bit longer i'll get into it in october after the uh, baseball playoffs but we got lots to talk about let's get into it got some news notes uh, a little three up three down and then some week 20 two steps who might be of interest to you depending on league type but let's talk about some strong debuts for some players joining their new clubs jack flaherty uh over in baltimore said hey i'm on this team now i would rather be good than bad and had a nice little first outing I know we already talked about him, so it's not so much of like, well, how do you think he's going to do? Because I think you said that, you know, this park's solid for him. We like him as a, as a pitcher. Do we think that uh, he should be picked up in, say, 10s and 12s, Jack Flaherty? Um, I think there is a good reason to pick him up in those leagues and kind of stream him, especially at home. Uh, so yeah. He's probably a team streamer in, in those leagues. Uh, at best, I mean, that the makes most, sense. most encouraging part was uh, the, sh- the start was at Toronto. So, like, yeah, let me give you the numbers real quick six innings, one run on four hits, two walks, eight K's, and 19 swinging strikes. One of the best we've seen out of Flaherty this year. And, like you said, in Toronto, yeah. So, I mean, it was a good against a good team, though. Toronto's been scuffling uh, a bit, so. Uh, well, so is Flaherty though. So I, I, yeah. I give him, I give him full the credit two walks, going into two Toronto. Walks, I will take two walks in six innings any day from Jack yep. Flaherty uh, because you know walks have been a major issue for him this year. So I don't know. Maybe the Orioles saw something, or maybe it's just one good start. So I, yeah, I wouldn't go overboard, but I think he should be rostered in most twelves uh, and some some tens, kind of moving forward. I think that's right. Um, 
and that, that, that's right where I'm at with Flaherty too. And he's on a good team. So the win probability is up. So especially if you can afford a little bit of ratio um, risk and you just are chasing wins, like somebody like myself, um, he's not available, my 15 teamer, but in, in that scenario, I think you want to go for it. But uh, other than that, maybe not. Let's talk Michael Lorenzen. Now, there was some concern about where he's going to be going to Philadelphia. He got a nice landing spot in his first game headed to Miami, and he showed out. Eight innings of two-run ball for Michael Lorenzen with a walk, five Ks, six hits, and a homer to Brian De La Cruz. You know what's funny about Brian De La Cruz getting the homer? He was one of just two guys in their lineup whose name didn't start with a J. And uh, they had John Birdie pinch hit. They could have put John Birdie in for Luis Arise. I don't know if they have another J guy they could have put in for De La Cruz. But Jorge Soler, Josh Bell, Jazz Chisholm, Jake Berger, Jesus Sanchez, Joey Wendell, and Jake Stallings. They got a lot of J's in there. I just noticed that. No, it, It's immaterial to anything. But Lorenzen dominated at Miami. Is this just a great landing spot and a good start here from uh, Lorenzen? Or are you changing your tune at all? Because I know that you expressed some concern about heading to Philly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not changing my tune quite yet. It, it was very encouraging. It's 38% CSW. Uh, on the slider uh, was uh, really impressive for for Lorenzen. Uh, Miami is a good team, and they got better at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It's a great park, you know. I think I think he may struggle a little bit more when he's at home in Philadelphia, but exactly. Uh, so I'm not like I'm not yet I'm not ready yet to be like oh you know hey I was wrong it's Mike Lorenzen's season to finish out. But I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I also think, you know, you, you pick your spots with him. So I'm not saying necessarily drop him, especially if you can't trade him. If you're in a league where nobody's buying him or you're in a league that doesn't allow trades, then I don't think you want to drop him to the waiver wire necessarily. No, too preemptive to do that, right? Like I have, I share your, your concerns about Lorenzen leaving Comerica for Philly as his home park, but you can maybe trade in some win potential for that. And again, if you're in the situation where your ratios are strong, but you really are just chasing some dubs, then Lorenzen's actually in a better spot for you with mm-hmm. with Philly. And again, pitching in Miami is markedly different than going uh, to his home park at Citizens Bank. It's a nice little debut, though. And I just wanted to throw a third one in. This one wasn't yesterday the way those other two were. But Noah Syndergaard, I don't know if we talked about it. He did... He had good results in his first outing with Cleveland. That's all. I, that's the best I can give him. You guys know mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big Thor honk. I I would try to massage this the best I can. It was zero strikeouts, two walks, but it was five and yeah. a third, one run at Houston. Does it do anything for you? No. AL only. I mean, AL only. Anybody with a pulse. Pulse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even 15-team leagues, like anything with a pulse at this point, and especially if you've got IL spots, so there's even less in the pool. Like, you, you, someone is probably rostering Noah Syndergaard. I'm hoping it's not me, but <laughs> somebody is Somebody might need yeah. him because he's he's getting starts. He's yeah. at Tampa Bay next weekend, um, which is not easy, obviously, but also not the hardest thing going right now, too. Uh, I'm not saying I would love to take Thor into there. That's more of a general note about um, – uh, about the Rays where, for example, Gavin Williams, and we'll talk a bit about him later with a two-step, he's going in there and maybe maybe it's not as scary. But Thor, like I said, as much as I love him, please be careful, y'all. He is not super trustworthy. And the zero Ks is really what's uh, tamping me down from freaking out over that debut. But it was a nice debut, and I don't want to be super negative about it. Speaking of the Rays, 
Shane McClanahan to the IL. This feels like the other ones. It really does. Uh, yeah, where yeah. it's trying to be downplayed. It's the second trip. Uh, it's going to be fine. He'll be back. I don't think so. I, I'm I'm nervous here, and I know uh, our our buddy Jason Collette is not happy. I think he sent us an ominous text that said, "Oh, this is going to end well," uh, with you know dripping with sarcasm. It's left forearm tightness. Where are you at with McClanahan here? Obviously, you're not going to cut uh, preemptively. That makes no sense. But are you nervous that we've seen the last of Shane McClanahan this fantasy year? Absolutely, and this would likely mean we don't see him till 2025. If it's uh, if it's if it's, if it's, if it's on drive. that level, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's what you, when it's forearm soreness, right? You like you just automatically think like, oh, this is Tommy John. Um, and the Tampa Bay Rays now have a better IL rotation than pretty much any other major most rotation. rotations. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like it's I don't know. This feels like it's the end. Uh, and you gotta wonder, like, why Tampa Bay didn't add another starter at the deadline. You know why? Because they're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah, they're cheap and lame, right? Like, th- there is a cutoff point where I get tired of the penny pinching, right? Like, it's a cool feat, and I'm I'm not blaming the front office. It's, it's ownership, of course, right? They have to work it within the confines that they're given. But it's absurd, right? Because yeah. you got you got a great chance here, but you know that the rotation is taking on water. And it's not like McClanahan was fully healthy and fully an ace before the deadline. And now this just was sprung on them. He was already in some, you know, had a cloud over him. They should have gotten more than Savali uh, for a contending team. Listen to this rotation. By the way, it is five guys too, right? It is a full rotation. Shane McClanahan, Drew Asmussen, Jeffrey Springs, Shane Boz, and Josh Fleming. Like that is healthy, better. that's the best rotation in the league. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the best rotation in the league. That's healthy. Like that's crazy. You know, like it's just that's, and that's now we got real. Zach Littell uh pitching and he actually goes today. So I wrote him up in the SP chart last night. And I'll ask you this question. You want to bring up his profile real quick to see what he's doing. Is this working? Are they pulling another rabbit out of their hat? Zach Littell, a reliever for years, uh, you know, occasional spot start or open. I don't know if he had any real starts coming into this with Minnesota and San Francisco. Started slowly building up. Last time out, Zach Littell throws five innings of two-run ball at Houston so at, with 82 pitches. So now he's kind of stretched out. Are we getting another sneaky Jeffrey Springs on our hands here where this just kind of all of a sudden this works? Zach Littell, what do you think with Tampa Bay? I don't think so. I mean, okay. I think I think he can be serviceable, but how dare you doubt them? Yeah, like no. I, I mean, there's nothing special about what he's done this year. Uh, like, yeah, you're not missing bats like Springs was. Like, even if you were, um, kind of missing the boat on Springs, the data was there, right? Yeah. The results were like this guy is doing some big things. Latell's data is is. Fine, like I, I like a, um, I like a twenty four percent K rate, two percent walk. But. He's only got one positive pitch value. Well, what is it? His cutter. His cutter. That's what I thought. Yeah, but like everything else is negative pitch values, um, and like like it's just not a ton of swing and miss. He gives up okay a, a round league average and a little bit above league average contact. Like it's so I'm not I, super keen on him. No, I mean he, he he's he's gonna do in a pinch because that's what they have right this point. Yeah, I, I think Tampa Tampa Bay can get something out of him. Fantasy, we'll wait and see. If if he has another big outing tonight, though, I'm I'm gonna reassess and kind of see where I'm at with Latell just because 
Tampa Bay gets it right so damn often. So we'll, yeah. we'll see you there. Hopefully McClanahan's okay, but I am very nervous. If you have him and, and you're relying on him, you need to start making plans. And I know you're not going to make plans off the waiver wire to replace McClanahan, but you got to try. You just have to figure out what you can do because you're probably going to be. I mean, be grateful that you got almost the entire season from him. Like, I mean, to- true. You did get a brilliant, you know, 11 and two record, mm-hmm. 328. ERA, uh, excuse me, 329, 118 whip, and 121 Ks in 115 innings, but you were banking on more from McClendon yeah, this absolutely. year. So that will be tough. Uh, maybe you could get this guy because Minnesota's calling up Dallas Keuchel. Um, he did dominate in his rehab, or not rehab, but in his AAA stint, I should say. He was just pitching in the minors to kind of, it was a tune up really to uh, see if he could come to the majors. 32 innings of a 113 ERA with a 125 whip. That's right. The whip was higher than the ERA, which means that that ERA was not, uh, you know, super believable. He's probably running a hot Babbitt because it's a 7.9K and a 3.4 walk rate. I'm not that impressed. Dallas Keuchel, we know he can get on runs and, and be quality. Is there any league type where you would preemptively jump for this? Is there an AL only where you would ever get on board with a 35-year-old Dallas Keuchel before even seeing him in the majors? So there is one league I'm going to be putting on some bids on him uh, today, uh, and that is my 30-team league with 100-man rosters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that like, makes sense. Like uh, Especially because I don't really care. Like I just need innings to make sure I qualify for like you know the – the uh, innings minimums each week. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I guess ale only like said anything with a pulse and uh, it's surprising, but Dallas Keuchel does have a pulse at this point. Um, a pulse as a baseball player. We're not surprised yeah. that he's alive. We're, we're glad he's I alive. I mean, a little, su- no, no, shut up. <laughs> he's got an amazing beard. He's of course, he, he does. Alive. And, um, Married, married to MLB Network's wonderful Kelly Nash. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, not a nice pair. I'm, I'm a fan of both. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, mixed mixed leagues. No, can't like, see I, it. Can't I, see it without no. seeing something from Keiko. Okay, let's say he comes out, and it's a gem the first time. Six innings, one run, four Ks, no walks. I mean, if he does that in his first start, he's home versus Arizona. That, that's a good team. Would that do something? Would one start be enough for you to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay, now 15-teamers maybe? Because Minnesota, look what they've done with their, their rotation, right? They're they're not quite on the level of like the Cleveland and the L.A. and the other teams that we kind of give auto credit to when they do anything with a pitcher. But are they not emerging there with some of the pitchers that they've brought to another level? Yeah. Uh, so, and I mean, he would get a, uh, a start in Detroit. Against the Tigers, so like I think he back to back. By the way, the following week would also line yeah. up for Detroit, depending on if he pitched um, Thursday or Friday of next week. I mean, here's the hard part: is or Wednesday not, or Thursday, excuse me. Keuchel usually doesn't get many strikeouts, so like if you're True. strikeout seeking, um, or even if you're win seeking, like if I, you're win seeking, I think it, Minnesota's good. I know they've underperformed where they should, like they're what two three games over five hundred. I get that. That's Modest, but when you're picking up guys off the waiver wire, you're picking up guys usually from bad teams. So I think this yeah. is there's win and ratio potential here with Keuchel. I need to see something first. Somebody may preemptively do it, and if they do and it works, hats off to them. I'm not going to jump this before I see. No, something. I'm not either. I just don't think the upside's there to do it. Exactly, and the downside is still punishing. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Rizzo's headed to the IL, and Oswaldo Cabrera 
will return, I think, for his 42nd stint this year. I think he's been on that uh, Edward Oliveris train up and down, up and down, up and down. I really liked Oswaldo Cabrera coming into the year, and it's been a flop. It really has. 205, 266, 308. So definitely a miss there. It's a late-round miss. It's one of those where you're like, yeah, I knew there was a gamble, but it has been a miss. And he hasn't really performed in AAA either. And yet, I will still pose the question to you as to whether or not you're interested in Oswaldo Cabrera in deep leagues because power and speed do drive his game. And he has six homers, eight steals in his uh, 260 plate appearances this year. Any interest in Oswaldo Cabrera? Mm, probably not. I think he, at best, he's probably like a, a short side platoon guy with Billy McKinney. Um, Gross. Yeah, it is. It is really, really gross. Speaking of guys who I did not think would factor into the 2023 fantasy landscape. Batting in the middle of the Yankees lineup, yeah. too. Billy McKinney is consistently hitting fifth when he does play. And and playing all right, by the way. 110 WRC+. Plus. No, yeah. no. I mean, I, I don't want to say no shade to him because I literally said gross when you mentioned his name. That's pretty shady in and of itself. But, like, it's just jarring for you to say, oh, yeah, he's he's got to fight for time with Billy McKinney. Um, but, like you said... It's probably going to be some short side work. Um, mm-hmm. He can play infield, so he can give guys day, days off. But if Oswaldo Cabrera is not playing well enough, there's not going to be the impetus to do that. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. Just wanted to see if there was any interest there. I will stick with Oswaldo Cabrera into next year. Like This is a guy I'm not going to give up on at age 24. I do think this year's been a bit of a flop, though. Yeah. If, he's, if he comes up and he starts getting some things going, I can revisit for deep formats. But for now, he doesn't do anything until it's- I see something. <clears throat> It's at least not a flop that is like crushed you, right? Like you didn't spend a high draft pick exactly. on him, and like you this knew when to, you knew when to drop him, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, like when he got sent down, it was pretty easy to be like, okay, I'm I'm cutting him. I can move on uh, from this exactly. And uh, th- those those players are are nice, like when it's easier and you don't have mm-hmm. to kind of do I cut this guy? What do I do? In fact, Rizzo might be one of those guys, right? Rizzo's He's underperformed, guys, yeah. and and so How? you're like, do I cut this guy? How has he had concussion symptoms since May, and now he's finally going on the IL? Like, it's I, terrifying. I mean, you know, like I know a lot of people were like throwing shade at the Yankees specifically, but you would have to think as an organization, especially with how much he was struggling with, he had said something. Like well, you never know with players, though they keep, you know, and that's what I mean. I, I was like, I, I think he must have not said something because that's my thinking this this completely makes sense now when you look at like how poorly he has played the last few months exactly Um, that hey there's been something wrong the entire time he's been trying to work his way through it but um like it's just shocking to me in this day and age that a guy Mm -hmm. who's been dealing with concussions uh, uh, concussion symptoms for over two months. Since late May when he collided with Tatis. May 28th. Rizzo. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's, That's I, I agree with you. So that leads me to think that it was him downplaying. Yeah. Like he's that kind of guy. And I don't say this to to, to dog him. Um, it, it's sometimes seen as a quality. You know, he's a gamer. He fights through it. I will say in this instance, that's a negative to me. I, I wish players were more honest about uh, particularly their brain health, but their body yeah. health just in general. I get 
why the behavior is there and, and they don't want to come out and take themselves out and all that. But you got to be smart, especially when it comes to your brain, man. So I hope yeah. Rizzo's okay. Um, definitely rooting for all, all this to go away and, and him to get back to, to who he is. Whether his performance is there or not, I don't care. Just his brain post-concussion post syndrome is scary. Uh, let's talk about one more thing here. This isn't a news note, but we started talking about it a little bit offline. I said, let's just, let's, let's throw this on the pod and get started here. Cause we were talking about guys who have been worth it this year with the big dollar bids and talking about, maybe we don't need to be spending 200 plus on guys out of a thousand because it doesn't work that much. It does work for some guys. You know, Yuri Perez has been excellent. Even with the shutdown, the numbers you got from him are excellent. And then of course, Ellie De La Cruz is the guy that people will go to, to say, see this worked. Is Ellie De La Cruz a first rounder next year if we take kind of what he's done so far and just kind of extrapolate it out. He has a 770, 773 OPS. So we're not just taking the best of what he did and extrapolating that. We'll say two more seasons of this, which is uh, 773 OPS, seven homers, and 17 steals in 212 plate appearances. So you can, you can kind of double it. Right, uh, he's played forty-eight games. Um, that even builds in some cushion for Ellie Dale Cruz yeah. to miss some games, but just double it. So he'll be fourteen and thirty-four with a two sixty-nine, three sixteen, four fifty-seven um, in about four hundred. They're going to be people who wants to want to triple it. Um, give him six hundred. Uh, he something. he <laughs> needs to get. Well, yeah, yeah. They they would want to triple it as a as an extrapolation for his projection, now, but. Yeah. What do you think about that if that's what we end up with? 1434, 269 with good runs and ribbies for Ellie, but only 450 plate appearances. Would that be enough for you to put the 22 year old into the first round with a 34% K rate and 6% walk rate? I think he needs to be in the argument. Um, and I, I mean, I think he will be. Like, I don't, if I. 15s only or 10s and 12s as well? I think 10s and 12s as well. I mean, so he's like, a single digit pick potentially is what you're, you're saying, possibly. For some people, he absolutely will be. Um, you know, do you I mean, agree? I don't think so. Because, I mean, I here's the problem so like, they're outside of like one, one clear example, there haven't been very many first round busts. Like, Trey Turner has been a straight up bust this year, yes. Um, but for the most part, everybody else is, is you know, at least playing well enough where you'd go, okay. Like he deserves to be in the conversation still. Um, yeah. Like if I bring up the Rasball player right here, Acuna Otani for sure. You know, bets right. I yes. think Corbin Carroll jumps into the first round. I think he's 100%. got it right. Hundred percent. I think he's a single digit pick too. You know, and then you've got the you got middle kids. infield Mookie. You've, yeah, you've got. Let's see. So Acuna Otani Mookie Carroll Four. Spencer Strider Five. Tucker. Six. Garrett Cole. Seven. I know a lot of people threw a Robert. lot of shade at Bobby Witt. Or, uh, Bobby Witt. He's 15th overall. He's yeah. right there. I'll put, I'll put him in. Jose Ramirez was 17th overall. Nine. Um, I think people are going to want to put Luis Robert Jr. in there. It's 10. Um, you know. And then, and then nobody else is jumping out to you. I think you're kind of slowing down here, which means... But are you still is still in the top twenty five are Julio Rodriguez? I was going to say, what about J Rod, Fernando Tatis, Tatis and Soto? So that gets you to thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think some might not be in on Soto as a first anymore, and others might not quit Turner as a first. By I the way, I think some people are going to want to put a Dolis Garcia in the first round. Like I think you know, um, insane. Please, please, Freddie please Freeman do that. deserves to be in the first round, but he um, won't be. He could be. He was. I'm, I'm not. I'm not dogging him. I just. He, yeah, it'll be like a 14, 15 yeah. swing type of thing. Um, I'm not saying that you're wrong, by the way. I'm just saying with first. Well, actually, you know what? I think maybe you're right. He will firmly be in it because you are getting speed, right? He has 14 already, a career high steals. If he's at like 21 with, you know, 30 homers and, of course, his beautiful batting average, tons of runs and ribbies, I don't care that he's 34. I think I'm taking Freddie Freeman in the first round. Uh, yeah, but so I agree with you. I think if we're drafting today, Elie De La Cruz is in the first round, and I am open to taking him in the middle towards the back. Like it's uh, somewhere in the double digits. So, you know, but uh, would you take him or Wander Franco? I think I'm taking LED La Cruz. I think the fantasy juice is too good. I'm taking Franco. I think that's fair. 14 homers, 29 average. steals. Yeah. It is 29 out of 39. He does lead the league with 10 cots. So I wonder if there'll be any sort of shifting next year uh, where they say, Hey, you either got to be smarter or we got to slow you down. But I don't know. This could be just, a, and it's still a seventy-five percent success rate, which is above the average needed to kind of be a uh, a net positive. And so, a statistical team like the Rays, I don't think will necessarily red light Wander Cruz, uh, Wander Cruz, Wander Franco. <laughs> they might um, they might yellow light him a little bit. Maybe I was mixing and him up with O'Neill Cruz there. We didn't even mention Matt Olson, who is yeah, in, in if we're gonna talk Freeman. Like, we should at least talk Matty O. You know, and I mean, I and shout out to Marcus Simeon, who's in the top fifteen, and even mm-hmm. Austin Riley. Like, this is a this is going to be another good year to be. Ozzy Albies, while we're bringing up Houston yep. guy, or Atlanta guys, I don't know why I said Houston. Yep. Yeah. So that here's the thing, I think Ellie's in the conversation. I don't quite get there myself, but no, outside of maybe taking him like top five, I'm not going to balk when somebody's. Uh, clocks Ellie, yeah. even if it's at like eight and it's you know 15 ranks ahead of where i would where i would personally have them i'm not gonna go like oh my god what a stupid moron here you know it's not like they're bumping up i don't know think of somebody who certainly would not like it's not like they're putting yuri perez in the first round right yeah. based off of his run ellie de la cruz has the fantasy heat he's got that great park so even if he does regress next year in the slash line because those plate skills catch up to him he can hit 230 and still go uh 30 35 and mm-hmm. right nobody would be that surprised so i think he's certainly in the mix for it if he has a big two months down the stretch then i think he'll definitely be a first rounder if he continues his cold snap which he's in right now then we start talking more second maybe third depending on how low it gets but is Spencer Strider the number one pitcher? Yeah, him him or Cole, they're interchangeable for me. I mean, Cole's just boringly amazing, and Strider is kind of like still the new kid on the block as far as top top tier. Um, I have no problem with either, but Strider will be my number one. Yeah, I, I think so as well. All right, let's play some three up, three down. We got three up pitchers. We got three down hitters. Nick Pavetta. Holy Toledo. Raise your hand if you've ever had Nick Pavetta on your team. Oh, every single hand went up <laughs> uh, because we've all had him. So we've all been burned by him at some point, right? Ex- expecting because when you watch him, you see the nasty stuff. That's why he continues to to uh, draw the interest of fantasy folks because it really only takes one good outing of seeing him to be like, damn, this guy's really, really good. But 
it usually ends bad. There usually gets the rug pulled out from under you via the home run. But right now, Nick Pavetta is absolutely rolling. It started as a uh, as a follower, which was absolutely wonderful. Please go back to that. It increases his win probability. But now he's getting some uh, some straight up starts, at least in his last outing. So maybe it was just a temporary situation. But if you go back over his last seven outings, 31 and two thirds with 50 Ks, a 227 ERA, and a 073 whip from Nick Pavetta. What the hell's going on and how much do you buy this Nick Pavetta surge? Is he, is he arrived? Is this finally here? I mean, I'm going to go back to even farther. I'm going to go back to the, the day they put him in the bullpen, which is May 21st. Okay. And since then, he's got uh, 48 and a third pitched, 68 strikeouts in 48 and a third with a 223 ERA. Um, and and is five with, homers only. Yeah. And his whip, his whip is 0.79. Um, like, I, I have I have zero confidence that this is going to stick around forever. Zero confidence? Or, or I've been burned uh, too many confidence. times. This is, okay. I mean, this is like your girlfriend that has cheated on you five or six times. And and she's like but listen like i haven't done anything and i've been really really good and like i'm staying like, over the night at kevin's like one time and you're getting like really mad about it it's so stupid yeah like i mean i just have been burned too many times like okay the thing is i don't think you're going to have to pay much for it like i don't think he like depending on because i'm pretty he's a free agent right like oh no no he's not no he's, he's he should be rostered what where is he in 12s Oh, I'm sure he's he's in fifteens. He Pavetta is no longer available. I'm sure. I'm gonna check our twelve team Yahoo league and yeah, he better he better be pretty rostered at Yahoo. Although I don't know, man, I always misjudge twelves and tens. Uh, I mean, Pavetta is rostered in fifty eight percent of leagues in Yahoo. That's it. Okay, listen, I know it's shallower, but I that that's too low. Yeah, I feel like that has to that that's too low. He's performing way too well to only be 58%. So I would go out and get him. Although I say that and I see Andrew Abbott is 47%. So I guess I just consistently underestimate 12. Zach Eflin. Oh, wait, that's started percentage. Never mind. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong thing. I I saw Zach Eflin 51%. Go ahead. Speaking of performing well, I'm crushing you this week in Ariadu League. Shut up. I know. (laughs) Just wait until, I don't know. Yeah. I, I get. I appreciate you laying down for me because I am I'm not fourth in the down. league. No, that's I the thing. I'm not laying down. And, no, I'm uh, trying. That's the problem. That's the know. problem is I'm trying very hard. So I got I got derailed in that league day one. Couldn't change my lineup after the first game or what? Oh, it didn't default to putting a lineup in. So the first yeah. week, all my guys were on the bench. My fault for not checking soon enough. Because I didn't have Yahoo in my rotation. It was my first Yahoo league in a while. But then I'm like, okay, I'll just put them in now. No, you won't. Okay, cool. I don't, So I'll get them. And I was like, well, no, nothing started yet. Can you change it? Doesn't even allow you as the commissioner to change it. Because we asked my opponent, can I put them in? Do you care? They said, no, it's fine. Nothing's happened. Nothing. So, okay, 
I'll take my O10, and I just really haven't recovered since. I've been bad otherwise too, but yeah, just I would a like nightmare to point there. Out, I would like to point out to you that if you only get one win, win one category each week, rest of the way, you will finish with sixty-nine wins in categories. Okay, I think maybe I should aim for that then. I mean, I prefer you don't because I mean, after this week, we can only take the one category. You um, want me to beat other people that you're? Yeah, chasing. I prefer that you would beat other people. Yeah, for sure. You might be beating me up too badly, though. Yeah. And I, I might never recover from it. No, you're definitely not going to recover from this. I'm not going to financially recover from this. So, Nick Pavetta, are we picking him up in 12s then? Is 58% yeah, entirely too low? He should be picked up in 10s. Like, I yeah, mean, he should be rostered you. in every format at this point. I do not trust him. I feel like I will get this like shoved right in my face. And thankfully, he's not available in any league that I'm in. But, um,. Uh, yeah, I, it's I, KC I, next week, by the way. Pavetta. Oh, fuck. I mean, like, I could throw eight innings. Toronto this game. weekend. So, Saturday, Toronto at home. So, that's going to be a challenge. But then, even if he gets you with a bump on this one, you get KC next week. So, that's pretty nice. Let's talk Luis Medina uh, on Oakland. Now, he was part of that big Frankie Montas deal. And they have all three guys in the rotation there. So, they're trying to get their worth out of that deal with Sears, Waldachuk, and now Medina. Medina, Sears been pretty solid all year, so credit to him, but Medina's been pitching the best of the trio lately, and he's really been surging. The slider is on another level, and we look up and all of a sudden, hey, four really good July starts for Luis Medina include, or excuse me, um, three starts and a, a long relief appearance, six innings. Um, and he has a 286 ERA with 27 Ks in 22 innings and just over a one whip, 105. Are we seeing some development here for Luis Medina? And do you have some interest if you're not wins chasing, right? We've talked about wins chasing with guys like Lorenzen and Flaherty who might hurt your ratios a bit. Do you see some ratio strikeout value from Medina that you can trust with this surge and not worry about the wins? Or is this just a four start run that is uh, too difficult to trust for Medina? I think it's still a full four start run. Um, that's a little bit too difficult to trust. I still feel like he, he doesn't have a great pitch mix in terms of like, uh, how much he's using his secondaries. I mean, it's he's pretty much fastball slider. Uh, mm. The park does help, right? Like, I mean, and always. And Oakland is going to let him just kind of go out there and, and roll. But, like, I do feel like, I think what Nick calls him a Toby. Like, I think he, yeah. I think he, I think he's a Toby. Like, I think he's. That's an, that's a jump though, right? Like, um, he was nowhere near jump. Toby yeah. dumb mm-hmm. earlier, which by, by that, um, Toby is is uh, referencing the office, the HR yeah. guy Toby Flenderson, where nobody really wanted him. Around. Like he he was kind of the the butt He's of every boring, joke or whatever. Yeah. But you kind of had to have him, right? Because he was the yeah. HR guy. So it's like you, you just kind of go with it and deal with it. So like Medina, if you put him on your roster, you're not expecting him to be amazing. You would almost you specifically, Justin, kind of might see Nick Pavetta as a little bit of a Toby right now, where yeah. you don't really trust it. You're kind of nervous, but he got to be around. You got to have him in the office right now because he's just been. No, they might actually both might actually be what I think Nick calls a cherry bomb. Cherry I mean, bomb. I need a pitcher glitz, uh, pitcherless glossary right. There now. is one. I know there, I, there I, is I, a glossary. I'm just not going to look it up, but I think. But I agree, cherry bomb, cherry bomb. Explain yeah. that. So it's it's a guy who can it can be really sweet, but also can blow the hell up out of your ratios. So Pavet is definitely uh, a cherry bomb more than a. And I, I That's think definitely Medina true. is too. Like I think I you know, and so uh, I think there's definitely some risk, but I also think he should be rostered right now. Like he's, so, it's four good starts, and two of them were against 
pretty good offense in Boston and Boston. But the other one's at Colorado too. So I would say all four have merit. Two against Boston, one against Houston, and then a trip to Colorado. So that that's a really good run for Luis Medina. Being that he's a cherry bomb though, with like negative win potential. I know he won one of the starts. Is it worth it then? Um if you need strikeouts, yes. Okay. I think so it stri- really depends strikeout on what focus. Yeah, I think it depends. This is this is the time of year where we ignore flaws for what we need. Um, yeah, if and, it fits our need, we can absorb things that might normally push us away in May. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, I, I do think that he is at least a viable streamer in 10s and 12s uh, and a team streamer in 15s. Okay, I think that's fair with Luis Medina. And we kind of already trumped my, my third guy. It was Spencer Strider, and you're like, well, what are you bringing up Spencer Strider for? I was going to ask about if he was the number one pitcher in the first round. And honestly, I didn't know the Ellie De La Cruz combo would take us over to Strider, I, so we can c- kind of move on. Also, did you notice what I did with three up and three down? I did not. Well, you'll notice here in a moment, right? So we'll go to the uh, hitters. Uh, I will say, though, I think Strider is in the conversation for first overall pick next year. I think so, too. Yeah. And he, I think he's a consistent top five. He yeah. should be. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So we will say that. So we don't need to say too much on him because we did talk a little bit about him in that first round combo, but he is part of three up. He's absolutely killing it lately. He's been <laughs> killing it all year. I, I just you got it. it. Yeah, okay. So that's why I kind of fit him in there. Um, but I did and have a topic ready. This, and why you fit this next guy in because this guy doesn't deserve to be talked. Because he's not, he never he never been up. So, but three down. Well, and, and he's and he got sent down to the minor leagues. Oh, okay. So that, even better. But we yeah. can talk about his his future prospects here. Uh, yeah, he's three down because he got sent all the way down. Nick Gonzalez uh, didn't do well well up sixty six WRC plus with a twenty eight percent K rate, four percent walk, two homers, no steals, and now sent out for the twenty four year old. Former first-round pick, remember, killed it at like New Mexico or New Mexico State, really took advantage of friendly environment um, and and boosted his stock, was the number seven overall pick. I don't want to make too much out of 112 plate appearances, um, but where do you currently stand on him now after a failed first attempt at the major leagues? Is he somebody, Nick Gonzalez, in Dynasty that you're interested in? No, not really. I mean, I think I think a lot of people's opinion on him for Dynasty um, – is based on where he was drafted hundred MLB draft. And we have to remember that I'm pretty sure that was a 2020 draft where like they didn't get to see players and evaluate players in the same way that yep. they normally would. And it was a lot of dart throwing. And I think this is a dart that it kind of missed. Now I think he, I think he'll be a role player on a major league team on the pirates. Like he'll probably be a utility uh, guy for them, but like I don't think he's fantasy viable. This guy was sent out too. Again, I'm just trying to fit a theme here. Luis Garcia is our next guy for the Washington Nationals. Now we have had some interest in him on this show in, in past years, and I felt like he was doing some things this year where that were kind of encouraging with the improved strikeout rate, but it really wasn't translating to any results. 259, 293, 362 slash with six homers, eight steals. There's a little something there in 407 plate appearances but obviously not enough to even hold his roster spot with the Nats. What is the future outlook of Luis Garcia? I didn't know they sent him down. Wow, that's really surprising. Um, yeah, I thought so too. I mean, because like 
you know, his stat line didn't light the world on fire, but it wasn't bad. Like it's and, and again, there were skill improvements with the K yeah. with the K dip. Um, he was down. Luis Garcia was down ten points in strikeout rate. Down yeah, to yeah, down to thirteen percent. Yeah, twelve and a half percent strikeout rate. Like and that. sliced the swing strike rate in half too to like back up that this had some legitimacy to it. Is a seven percent homer to fly ball and a two eighty Babbitt. I think if those normalized, this line would be close to league average. So I'm really surprised they sent the twenty three year old down. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me, especially after they traded guy. Uh, you know, they traded Candelario out. Like, well, what's he going to learn at AAA? What's the point? Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised by this move. I know that it's been a really bad month, and it has been. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why that's why he's on three down in the first place. But still, like, who are they starting? Is Jeter Downs? They, they claim Jeter Downs, and um, they claim Jeter Downs off a of waiver. So I guess that's basically what it was for was to take a shot on Jeter Downs. Oh, I know. I mean, they 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 claimed Jeter Downs back in. Oh, that was yeah, that was in 2022. I'm sorry. So they yeah. called him up. So they just made the move. The, the the switch of like, them they called Mike up. Does Chavez need to be on this roster? Like, no, twenty eight year old doing jack all. He's doing nothing. This is this is a mind boggling weird it, it, move. This might be one where we don't have enough information. Yeah, they might, might have something, something else, yeah. that they're sending him down to work on, or they're working with him internally, and he needs this to clear his head. Or something. Well, I don't know. But on paper, on its face, it's hard to make sense of Luis Garcia being sent down for the he's Nats. He's been a boringly fine guy. And he's hitting 307 versus right-handed pitching this year. Oh, wait, no, 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 sorry. That's right-handed away. Um, uh, 209 <laughs> right-handed home. That's weird. That is weird. And that, that's definitely a struggle. But again, making the better contact. 74 WRC plus isn't great. He was in 93 last year. I really think you just let him play out the string though and see what's up with Luis Garcia. Are you interested in him in dynasties? Now could be a time to buy low for, you know, literally nothing. But uh, is there any interest there for the 23 year old? I just don't know. There's enough fancy juice where he is relevant for the most part. Like, I just think he's, I think he's a guy. Like, I think he's like, you know, Jonathan Scopish, right? Like, yeah. He's never like he's a good glue guy when he's playing every day, but like he's never a guy that you're gonna go. This is gonna help me win a league in two years or in a year. Uh, like and that's so, totally like, fair. Those kind of guys I don't care about. Like they're they're interchangeable off my roster. You're always gonna find a Jonathan Scope. You know. Yeah, and I think you can find a Luis Garcia as well. Uh, eight for twelve on the bases, six homers, nothing really popping off there. And then our last guy on three down, a little bit more relevant to uh, all leagues, is Spencer Steer. And I wonder if people figured out the pattern there yet. Mm-hmm. It was Nick Luis and Spencer for the three up, three down. So a little gimmicky on the hitters there. But those two minor leaguers did ha- have had fantasy heat as prospects, so I did think that they were still worth talking about, even though. I didn't know Nick Gonzalez was sent out. You didn't know Luis Garcia. So we we each had one there that we were unaware that they'd been sent out. But Spencer Steer is fully in the majors. He's awesome. He's having a breakout year, but he did have a rough July. Was it just, hey, he was going to have a bad month and this was it? Or uh, are you seeing something, you know, um, uh, you know, phrase in his profile that make you worried about Spencer Steer at all after a 614 OPS and just two homers in July? Uh, where do you stand with him currently? Um, I mean, I think there, this is part of just like natural regression, right? Like he had been running pretty darn hot yeah. uh, on a really good team in a really good part. 
there's not much in the profile that tells me like this is going to last forever. Like I think he's going to be fine. He's still even during this time he's making league average contact. Uh, he hits the ball hard. His swing strike rate's under ten percent. Like I think he's going to be fine. Um, the only issue becomes if he doesn't pull out of this before Jonathan India returns, he may be out of a job. No. Um, no. What do you mean? No. This is a. They're not going to not play him. I'm just saying, like, he's not going to play every day. He, he might, like, he might, like, platoon with, like, Jake Fraley. Yeah, I mean, Which, I don't know. How I, interesting does that become? It's not, but yeah. how good is Jonathan India? He's a 98 OPS plus. Why do I got to play him over Spencer Steer, who is, still has a 117 OPS plus despite his his cool down month and worth noting he is you know he is kind of coming out of it a little bit lately with his last few games but i don't want to freak out over you know three games and four hits or whatever it is a couple doubles and a homer against the cubs but i I, th- I think the first thing you said where it's just kind of smoothing out a little bit he rode hot for two months spencer steer did i think this is kind of a come down month in july i expect him to be fine the rest of the way i agree you know his profile doesn't jump off the page he's not read all over the place on Statcast, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he's not still good right yeah like i think and playing in that park helps that's like, it, it, exactly that my next park point for power this year like so like even a mediocre guy and i think spencer steer is a mediocre guy yeah but in a me in a great park makes you a that's a pretty darn good guy solid average guy in a great park is is somebody i want on my yep. team because they're going to be undervalued now we'll see how it goes next year spencer steer was off the radar this year uh depending on how he finishes he could be uh overdrafted next year too so we got to be careful with that nine but i really like it out of nowhere is that's that's awesome nine out of 11 that's super helpful there if he ends up with like 13 14 with 20 homers and a 270 average with uh, good runs and ribbies, there's going to be a lot of intrigue in Spencer Steer. Going to be 26 next year, so I'm not worried. I'm not benching him. Nothing. I'm riding through the cold streak, and I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Let's do some week 22 starts to see where you're at with some of these guys, depending on league type. Let's start with Grayson Rodriguez, who has looked pretty nice since his recall. Uh, he was great in AAA after getting sent out, so he didn't go down there and gripe and stamp his feet about getting sent out. He worked on whatever he was you know, tasked to work on and um, has brought that back to the majors. It looks like because he's pitching very well and the schedule has not been kind Dodgers, Rays, Yankees, Toronto, the Yankees are the easiest out of that. I think that was still uh pre judges return, but he has a t- 357 ERA with 20 Ks, eight walks and 22 and a third uh, and two thirds, excuse me for Grayson Rodriguez. Are you back in on, on Rodriguez? for shallow leagues this year and what is his long-term outlook for you right now are you excited about where the future uh is going for grayson rodriguez yeah i think i am uh you know i'd like to see if you are adding him yeah we're excited about the future sorry i gave you two questions there both okay i I think i'm i'm excited about the future if he's available anywhere i'm adding him 54 percent at yahoo wow that's insane i i Um, just i just think that so many dead leagues it's got to be like that, that's a big part too and i guess we just i mean they required two rps in there so it's two sp two rp and then four opens i guess we just still overrate how many guys are gonna be because some of these numbers are just eye-poppingly low to me like three, including three, 357 era and a 101 whip since his return against good competition um 
like I said, I'd like to see more, a little bit, uh, a few, a few more strikeouts, but for sure, like you've got to love what he's been doing. And this, the schedule is not going to be this tough necessarily the rest of the way. So, no. uh, I think you. I think he is a guy that um, I'll be really interested to see where he goes in like early ADPs. Like, is he? A yeah, guy me too. That, um, that is pushed up into like the Shane McClanahan tier where we saw not coming into this season, but last year, you know, like that just outside of that top hundred picks. Because I think that's too rich for me. I could see that um, if, if Rodriguez finishes strong, though, for yeah, sure. He gets I Houston. Do. And at Seattle next week, I forgot to mention that. By the way, um, I'm using him everywhere. I, I think would pick I would him up. too. The Houston one's scary, but like, yep. he, like, like we said, like he has done a really good job, even against tough competition these last four starts. So I think you have to roll with him. I agree. I'm, I'm sticking with Grayson Rodriguez. Cutter Crawford gets Casey in Detroit at home. That's a beautiful setup with those two teams coming to visit. I would almost prefer them on the road with those two venues, but I'll take them at home with Cutter Crawford. I like what he's done this year. I'm definitely interested. 15s is an automatic. What about 12s and 10s with Cutter Crawford? Where do you stand with him currently? I think you're starting him everywhere right now. I think so too. He's been too good. And Kansas City is, you know, just the easiest team to stream against right now. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he was my streaming pick, uh, what, two nights ago, um, versus Seattle, went five innings, struck out five, didn't allow any runs. Uh, very nice. Made my, is, is hopefully August redeems my streaming record. Did you um, have a rough July? I had a rough June and rough July. Oh, uh, damn. I, I, I had a 547 ERA in June and a 533 ERA. Streaming's been tough this year. I don't, and, I don't. Uh, envy you having to put pick a streamer every day. Three, hey, three, three streams in August, and it's a one thirty seven ERA. With we're, tur- we're turning this boat around. Hip, yeah. So, uh, you know, let's 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 keep it going. Um, uh, you can all so get you, blown up in an instant, though. Would you prioritize Cutter Crawford over Grayson Rodriguez in the in the tens and twelves where he's available? Where both are available, I should say. I mean, I would want both, but I would I too. Had, but I, if I had to choose one because my my pitching is loaded uh, and there's just not someone to drop, then uh, I think I go. I think I go Crawford. I got to go Car- Crawford for the matchups in in a one one on one this week situation. Give me oh, KC sure. Detroit. For, yeah, this week for sure, I'm going Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Rest of the season, I think it, it is more of a coin flip. Yeah. And I might I even. You, I think you can make the argument rest of the season it's Rodriguez because he pitches. You can. More. Exactly. I, I think that there is the case for that 100%. I could have put this guy on three down, t- to be honest, except I went with hitters because Mitch Keller, oh my God. And I think it's going to be an automatic no to start him because I'm, the first name I'm going to say is Atlanta. And, um, the, and then, the second one is Cincinnati. So it ain't that. much better there with yeah. Cincinnati. But I do want to talk about him. So we're, we're saying no for next week, specifically in the leagues where he's available. I'm not trying to pick up Mitch Keller. What about where you already have him? Like he was okay. His uh his last start, five and two thirds, two runs, eight Ks against Philly. That's not that's not a terrible outing. But the two before that were really rough. Fourteen earned in eleven innings, and then seven innings of one hit ball at Arizona. But then clocked by the Dodgers before that. So you take July as a whole for Mitch Keller, and it's a six twenty eight ERA with a great start, a good one, and three duds. The velo's been down. Uh, the homers have been up. Is this a wall for Mitch Keller that he's hitting and he can play through it? Or 
are we are we concerned that uh, our all-star Mitch Keller is fading down the stretch and going to undo all the good work he's done this year? He's allowing so much zone contact, just so much zone contact that um, you got to wonder with his history if something's wrong, like if, if he's hurt or something. Uh, I hope not. I hope not, too. But, I mean, he, he's had reoccurring back issues throughout his career, um, you know, that date back all the way into the minor leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're now getting to a point where he's starting to throw more innings than uh, I think he's ever thrown, right? 133 right now is... He threw like 150 last year? 159 last year. So okay. may just be tiring out a little bit, but... It's dog days uh, for a reason, right? In August? Yeah. I mean, he does pitch in the best park in baseball um, to, to pitch in, uh, at least for power, so... Both are at home next week. Is there any no, world? There's no world I'm starting him. Like even what if NL you're... only, I'm I'm very skeptical. Like you probably have to in NL only, but like yeah, I, I don't want to. What if you're pure chasing? You're in seventh or eighth. It's a long shot. Is this is this the kind of guy you would take a shot on, Mitch Keller with Atlanta and Cincy? Or are you looking even deeper on our list with some of these names? Like let's say it's a twelve, so a lot of these guys are available. Are you picking up all these guys behind him that we're about to talk about, or would you would you take your shot on Keller? Because you mentioned it's at home. He does excel there. Three fifty seven ERA, one eleven WHIP compared to four thirty three, one thirty on the road. I think there's a lot of names on this list I would start over him. Uh, okay. Not everyone though. You can identify those as we continue. Let's go to our boy Dane Dunning. He's taking the little Bay Area two step there. You can go visit him. He's going to at Oakland and at San Francisco next week. That's not too bad. Um, we know he gets it done a little bit more uh, unorthodoxly. That's not the right way to say it. in an unorthodox fashion uh, because he just doesn't miss bats. Right. That's really what it is. Anytime whoa, somebody doesn't whoa, really miss, whoa. I know. I'm gonna point star. out that he struck out 11 White Sox in a huge revenge game. But I think that doubled his season total in strikeouts because my man just does not miss bats. Joking aside, he had 13 in his previous four starts and then 11 against the White Sox. Great outing. Great, 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 great outing. I do not want to besmirch this wonderful outing, but that is not a major part of his game. And yet he's 9-4 and four with a 314 ERA and a 114 whip. Dane Dunning, what are we doing with him at Oakland and at San Francisco, specifically in shower formats, because in 15s, I think he's rostered and being run. You know what the funny thing is? Is he has four starts in which he has struck out. Uh, or sorry, he, yeah, he's got four. He's got five starts where he struck out five or more, and four of those starts he was going up against the AL Central. Love it. So a bunch of Detroit, KC, and White Sox yeah, there. Love yeah, it. he got KC once, Detroit twice, and the White Sox. So well, Oakland uh, might be able to help that. I know they're not in the central, but that that could help. Um, I think it's I a mean, good two I step. I think you're starting him. Like, yeah, you know, are you picking him up though? Like in tens or twelves? Are you taking the sure. shot here? Sure. I mean, especially if you need ratio help or win help. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he should go deep enough to qualify for a win. The Rangers just got Corey Seager back. That offense is is still rolling. Um, you know, both parks are good parks to pitch in. So, yeah. like, I think you have to. Like, and you're like, San Francisco can be sneaky with the bats, but sure. it's not a lineup you're super worried about necessarily. Yeah, you don't have to completely run away from San Francisco, especially the way they've been playing lately. Like, they've been good. They can get you. But I think Dane Dunning with the at Oakland is definitely enough to go yeah. for. 
in something as shallow as even tens, depending on who else is available. Gavin Williams, the rookie for Cleveland, uh, has a 338 ERA and 134 whip on the year with plenty of highs, um, some lows, and hasn't really been destroyed at any point. I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, he hasn't even given up more than four in any outing. So he hasn't been destroyed at all. But it's been a bit wobbly of late with four walks in three of his last four. Um, good for an 18 strikeout, 14 walk ratio in the last 18 innings. So it's been a little bumpy and he gets a visit from Toronto and then he goes to Tampa Bay. Are you, are you going for Gavin Williams anywhere? And I'll include uh, 15s here because I don't think this is a, a lock in 15. So let's run the gamut. I know the results aren't like blowing your mind or anything, but Gavin Williams looked the best he has all season in his last start. Um, yes. He did really, really good job mixing pitches, and uh, the stuff was really, really sharp. Um, you know, I know that he he walked too many guys, and uh, but like at the end of the day, like it didn't really hurt him that bad. He went five innings against Houston and got two earned runs, six strikeouts. Um, I think. This is the beginning of a Gavin Williams run. Um, I really do. So uh, I would start him over Mitch Keller, um, even with the tough two-step. And uh, I am, if if he's a guy that people drop, like he's, I'm picking him up, like I'm swooping him. I, th- I think you'll find some availability on Gavin Williams. You could definitely get there. By the way, I should point out in those four starts, he has a 250 ERA despite the 14 walks. Yeah. So as Justin was highlighting, he's worked around it. And I wonder if there's some of that like almost intentional walks where he's like, I'm not going to give in here. We talk about this concept a lot. I'm still going to throw my slider that I'm going to try to get you to chase. If you take it, I'll walk you and I'll go to the next guy yeah. because um, it doesn't strike me as he has no idea where the ball's going type of guy for Gavin Williams. So I really like him. I love him for the future, especially, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I would start him over Mitch Keller here and I'm interested in picking him up for a stretch run. Agreed. Our boy, we talked him up. We said, if he has a big outing, price is going to go high during the trade episode. Cole Reagans with KC went ahead and put up that big outing that we talked about, which, Hey, I'm, I'm happy about. I do like Cole Reagans. I'm rooting for him. But that price is going way up because now he has a two-step as well after putting up seven, uh, six scoreless on seven hits and a walk with eight Ks against the Mets. He gets a trip to Boston uh, to face Cutter Crawford and then a visit from St. Louis. What do we think of our boy Cole Reagans now that the price is going to be elevated? Oh, man, this is going to be brutal because I could really use Cole Reagans on a two-step this week um, in my main event. And uh I don't know how much to spend. I really, really don't, especially when you only have got like 68 bucks left. So, um, man, I, he, yep. he, he's looked great. Like he, you know, and now he pitches in one of the best parks in baseball uh, on a team that should give him run rest of the way so they can see what he is uh, worth coming into next season. Uh, I like Cole Reagan's better, much better than Mitch Keller this week. Uh, but I think you can honestly. <laughs> what about rest in, of the season? I think rest of the season. I think you put him up against anybody on the on this list that we're talking about right now. And um, that's kind of that what is, I was thinking. I think he's. I think he's a dude that people should be. You know, obviously, be smart about your bids because you want to leave yourself money for the last month of the season. Um, but mm-hmm. like, this is a guy that I think people should be. Aggressive. And the win potential is low. It is, yeah. Like you can be it's aggressive, a, but if you need it's wins, a great like great park in a great division, wonderful. Yeah, like I, you know, and he's got velo, and the command has looked pretty darn good. So, 
I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, to see what he does rest of the way. And, and Cole Reagans might skate under the radar in a lot of leagues. I think in the NFBC circle, he's going to yeah. be one of the hotter in, pickups. In the leagues that we're in, he's not going to skate. But I think in your 12-team Yahoos and your 12-team ESPNs and things like that, like, yeah, I don't think he's a guy people are going to be flocking the waiver wire on. So No, but based on these roster rates of guys who we deem better than him, uh, if those are that low, then Reagans is probably a single-digit rate, so you can oh, go ahead sure. and get him. And I, I, I have some love for Cole Reagans in a 12-team with this two-step. I would pick him up, take yeah. a shot, see where it goes. Uh, Cole Brandon Reagans Williams, is 1% roster. 1%. And that is see? plus 1% over the last week. So he wasn't rostered. Somebody was picked him up rostered. after. This. Which makes sense. He was in the minors. Of course. And stuff, of course. But, you know, like, yeah, that that should be a little bit higher. I think it's going to only be like 7% next week, though. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think it's going to soar. So Cole Reagans, keep him on your list. Um, take a look at him. AL only, deep leagues. He's really going to be somebody who could be a game changer. Shallow leagues, you're just going for the two-step right now, and then you reassess after this. Brandon Williamson in Cincinnati. He's been up and down. We know that uh, walks were a big issue early on. I, I don't want to say he's he's gotten over that, in fact, because he walked four Dodgers, but it hasn't been as prominent of an issue, uh, I would say, over like his last 10 starts. Uh, last nine, it's uh, 16 walks, uh, good for a 9% rate, which is still above average uh, or worse than average, I should say, a higher rate than average, but workable for Brandon Williamson. But is there enough juice to go with it? Like he, he doesn't miss bats consistently enough. He doesn't always go five innings. He gets Miami and a trip to Pittsburgh. He has, you know, the Cincinnati offense backing him. Any love for Brandon Williamson? No. Not even in 15? Uh, I mean, 15s, yeah. Like, I think you're probably. Because he'll be available there. Yeah, I think you're probably taking the gamble. But, like, this is a gamble that can go extremely wrong because he does walk so many guys. And he has propensity to give up home runs. Um, I just think there's so much risk, especially if you are trying to repair ratios or keep strong ratios. Like, mm -hmm. I just think so much can go wrong here. Totally agree. And I'd be very, 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 very careful here. Mm -hmm. I might even pick one of these next three guys ahead of him, although they share similar concerns. So maybe we can figure out what we want to do with these four. Uh, Washington. They got both their guys that we've talked about throughout the year. Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore on an at Philly home to Oakland two-step next week. Uh, they've both kind of given back a lot of the goodness that they delivered this year, especially Gore. I think um, Gray, we're still seeing some some nice development from with that home run rate at 1.1. That's just such a great improvement over the 2.4 rate that he brought into this year. That is improvement, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a hell of an improvement. I'd love to see it below one, but I can live with 1.1. Um, it, he has a 354 ERA, but a 143 whip. Meanwhile, Mackenzie Gore just kind of looks like he did last year at this point. 434 ERA, 142 whip. Both are a bit improved from last year, but not so much that you're like, wow, this has been a big step forward for Gore. So bottom line is they started strong. They've both kind of come back to the pack a bit. Gore more so than Gray. Are you starting either at Philly and Oakland, at Philly home to Oakland? And if so, where? Um, I think I'm definitely starting both. Okay. Fifteens? Fifteens and twelves. Okay. Uh Philadelphia's not been great uh against left handed pitching. And so I think Gore um 
and, and Oakland's been atrocious against right against and yeah against underhand pitching. underhanded yeah, pitching yeah, yeah all the pitching um so uh, yeah I think I'm starting both I mean obviously Philadelphia is a lot more scary than um than Oakland Oakland yeah I think the strength of Oakland the strength of how good it is to stream against Oakland means that you should probably start both uh for for both uh in in weekly leagues um I would start both over Keller. Yeah, that was my next question. Okay, um, so you're just really down on and Atlanta Cincy again. I totally understand yeah. it with with if, Keller, if, and he's if, been struggling. If this was Philadelphia, Oakland for Keller, I think we'd have a better conversation. But yes. the, the matchups are just too strong. Again, totally agree. And speaking of strong matchups being a, a deterrent mixed with poor performance. I'm less in, interested in whether or not you're starting Brandon fought because I think that's a firm no everywhere and more interested in where you stand on him after eight starts in the majors uh, have gone very poorly for him with an 820 ERA 163 whip. This was a guy, a lot of us in the industry, myself very much included. I think you liked him. I don't want to speak for you though. Um, I loved fought coming in. It's been a total flop. Where do you stand after eight bad starts? I assume you're passing against the Dodgers in San Diego at home. You can let me know if if there is something to the contrary there. But what do you think of Fought? Um, I am passing against the Dodgers and the Padres because the two lineups that I just I think are too risky, especially for a guy who's homer prone. Mm-hmm. But I want to say I was very impressed with his start yesterday. Um, he was really really good against my Giants, and now it is my Giants, and so like sure, but, but, my but he's been good against people. anybody. So yeah, exactly. I, I'll take um, anything. Yeah, he was really, really impressive. Uh, I, I want to say the slider had like a 38% whiff rate. God um, damn. And while he did give up a home run, he only gave up the solo shot, and he only walked two guys the entire outing. Um, and so, like, you know. This one. Was, only one yeah. walk. Oh, okay. Two hits, one walk. So uh, I was very, very impressed. I'm pretty sure I wrote about him in the Roto Write-Up last night. Uh, I mean, I was writing at like two o'clock in the morning, so like <laughs> zombieing through it. I I can't remember what I wrote about. Um, yeah, he was he was super super impressive. So this is a really good sign of things to come, and I think he should be picked up in, for sure in fifteens and some twelves, just as a stash. Like you know, Arizona's okay. got a good park to pitch in. There's some beatable teams in this division. Yeah, I, I can totally get behind all of that uh, with Fought because I, I, I'm not going to quit him, especially um, going into next year. This is not somebody that I'm going to be totally out on. Like I said, I love this guy coming into the year. I, I can't just jump off completely. Not starting this, but yeah, pick him up and then you know see if there, there's room for him down the line with Brandon Fought uh, because he is one out away from three straight quality starts. A five and two-thirds, three earned against Seattle, six innings three earned at Cincinnati and then the gem yesterday against San Francisco. So that's three decent starts. I did allow three solos in the Cincy outing. So it was like, Oh man, six innings, three runs, but it was all solos, but at least no walks, one walk yesterday and one walk against Seattle. So we are seeing some baby steps forward from Brandon fought. I'm sticking with him uh, long-term, but short-term you do not need to pick him up for Los Angeles and San Diego. And the hard part is his next two starts look like they line up again at San San Diego and then home versus Texas. So Ugh. maybe he's not a stash. Maybe. Yeah. Now we're getting into like the end of August before you could potentially even use them. So watch list. Uh, uh, watch list. Yeah. Yeah. Watch list him. And then if he does something against the Dodgers, then maybe you pick up some interest, but for now, just watch yeah. list him. You don't need to use a roster spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Gray and McKenzie were over Keller. Reagans was over Keller. Williams was over Keller. Was William Sin over Keller? Miami no, and at Pitt. They face no. each other, probably. Okay, so Keller over Williamson. Uh Crawford and Rodriguez were at, were the top guys overall. Uh yeah. Crawford, Rodriguez, Dunning, and Reagans. Are those our four favorites? Yeah. I think so too. All right, great. Okay, well, that's gonna wrap it up there for episode twelve oh three. What you got going on this weekend? You and Jason gonna get on the uh on the horn? I believe we are getting on the horn, uh, and I may actually be bringing in a guest as well. So uh, it uh, should be a should be a good little week of fab. It's it's grinding season. Time to yes. get going and and picking up uh, those streamers and, and guys to kind of get you through the end of the year. There's going to be those game changers that are going to win people leagues. We don't know exactly who they are yet. Mm-hmm. Do your research. Find out. Is it going to be a Samad Taylor? You know, he's got three steals this week. Is he going to be? John Birdie for a couple months now that Nicky Lopez is gone. I don't know. You know, one of these pitchers, Cole Reagans. I know I'm using two guys from the Royals. Is he going to be your your big pitcher down the stretch? But you're right. It's grinding time. Do not take your foot off the gas. Even if you're an eighth, if the points are there, do an honest assessment. But if the points are there, you can climb from the depths, even with just two months left, because teams can come back to you too. So mm-hmm. stay grinding. Unless you're in my league, feel free to take off the rest of the year. Anyway, Absolutely. Justin. I'll talk to you on Monday. Have a good one. Take it easy.